Hi, everyone, and welcome to From the Market Square, a business law podcast presented by Sheehan Finney. I'm your host, Paul Durham. I'm a business and intellectual property lawyer, but for purposes of this show, I'll be listening rather than advising. Each episode, I'll be meeting with entrepreneurs and business leaders from New Hampshire, New England, and beyond. I'm most interested in hearing their stories, talking about their unique paths, and understanding how they navigate the challenges of today's marketplace. Today's guest is Angela Garcia. Angela is the creator and owner of AG Fitness, a boutique fitness studio that focuses on holistic wellness in Stratum, New Hampshire. Angela is a former professional dancer turned nationally certified trainer with the American College of Sports Medicine, who spent her life studying the science and art of physical movement. As a professional dancer, she's performed throughout the United States. As a trainer, she's traveled the world, training Olympians from the U.S. Olympic snowboarding team and the U.S. Paralympic swim team. As an entrepreneur, she's used a community-focused business model to consistently grow her business over the last 12 years right here in Seacoast, New Hampshire. I met with Angela at her studio and really enjoyed listening to her story. I think you will too. Hi, Angela. Hi, Paul. How are you? I'm great. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. I, I am. It's so terrific that you that you're willing to join me. And we are actually, I should say, that we are on location, um, practicing careful social distancing. That's correct. Um, at your uh, at your beautiful studio uh, in Stratum at AG Fitness in Stratum. Um, how long have you been in this spot? So we have been in this particular spot about two and a half years. Um, but we have been in Stratum for seven years before that. So quite a long time in this beautiful community. That's great. That's terrific. Now, one of the things I always like to ask, um, you know, there are, you know, comic book fans and movie fans and, and people who like stories always love their uh, superhero origin stories. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I am a big fan of entrepreneur origin stories. Um, I have found, um, whether it's with clients or people that I've met, that often the most successful business people are those who um, take a passion or something that they're enthusiastic about and turn it into their business. Um, yes. And I, I have a hunch that, that you might fit the bill in that regard. Would you tell us a little bit about your uh, entrepreneur origin story, if you don't mind? Yes, I would be happy to. So I was a professional dancer for many years, and I segued into fitness once I stopped dancing professionally to keep moving. Movement has always been very important to me. It fills me in a way that not a lot of other creative endeavors have ever done before. And I found that dancing and fitness in community had a special magic to it. And so I was a participant in many group fitness studios, and I loved it. I I felt that there was so much encouragement and support, and there's holistic wellness in in community-supported environments like that. And um, it got to the point where I thought, well, you know, maybe I want to teach. I had taught many, many years before, and when I moved to New Hampshire, I hadn't taught any sort of group fitness class in many years. So I, I said, maybe I should pick this up again. And I started teaching at the local gyms. And as most entrepreneurs find, uh, the reason why they decide to do their own thing is because nothing quite fits the bill. Um, some, you know, group fitness classes were great in the, ter- in the sense of physical exertion and exercise design, but they didn't have the community feel. And some were great with the community feel, but didn't have the expertise of program design that I was looking for. 
And I thought to myself, you know, there has to be a way where you can marry these two things. There has to be a way where you can teach a really smart, well-prepared group fitness class and at the same time have it be in an encouraging and supportive environment. And so, as they say, you know, um, necessity is the mother of invention. So I, I thought, well, if nobody's doing what I feel like I need, there have to be other people that are looking for what I'm looking for. And so it was a little bit of a leap of faith with, an, with encouragement from friends and family. Um, and somebody just once said, well, why don't you open up your own studio? And I remember my response, which was very quick off that, well, like, that's easy. You know, there's so much to that. Um, but that just kind of got me thinking maybe it's possible. And if I'm looking for this, there might be other people looking for it too. That's, so what, so you, you, you just mentioned, um, you know, people gave you this idea and, and encouraged you. What made you take the first step? So what was your first step in that process? I mean, how did you, how did you take the plunge? So I took the plunge by doing a lot of research. Mm -hmm. I am uh, an academic through and through. Um, I'm a eternal student kind of person and I feel really confident when I feel very informed and prepared. So I started researching, you know, what do you need to do to open up a fitness studio or a gym, specifically in New Hampshire? I talked to a lawyer, I um, read about other people who had done this and, and literally took one step in front of the other. It was very organic in the way that it grew. Um, I did not have a five-year plan. It was not that structured. It was, well, there are a bunch of people who want to meet to do this, so can I rent out a space by the hour and um, teach this class? So now I need insurance. I need general liability insurance. I need you know, these specific things for when I'm just renting out a space by the hour. I need to have music licensing rights, those kind of things. Then when we needed to have our own studio, now we need to talk with realtors. And, and, and it just got more complicated as it went, but it was very organic and it wasn't all at once. I didn't try to do everything. I didn't have a logo initially. So everything was just very um, systematic and organic in the way that it progressed. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, you know, just all the all the issues you just ran through, they're, they're music to my ears as a lawyer because it, it just seems like, you know, you, you did such a great job of, of running through, um, uh, you know, all the important things things to think yes. about um do you have i mean do you have a, a business background i mean have you you know what what did, did, are these things that you came across just through independent research did you have you know any sort of mentors or professional advisors or, or who helped you along the way well i don't have a business background mm -hmm. i have a bachelor's degree in comparative literature in english spanish and italian and i have a master's degree in spanish and so um business is nothing that was ever part of my academic formation um, my my dad at the beginning of all of this provided a lot of the initial support. He has been in business for many years. My husband is in finance, so he provided some of that guidance. And a lot of the research that I did, you know, gave me um, some of the other bits and pieces to get this whole thing started. Um, I have to say that I run my business a lot on both instinct and information. And so I don't feel quite comfortable just relying solely on one. Um, it's This is a service-based business. So there's a lot of um, trusting your gut and knowing your clients, so how to best serve them. But at the same time, I'm one of these people that likes to cross my T's and dot my I's. I don't like anything not taken care of correctly, not done the right way. I'm always one of these rule follower kind of people. And so because I have that natural yearning for that, then I, I made sure that I 
had all the correct touch points to really do this well. And that again, that's all as I said, music music to my ears. I mean, that I, you know, I, I love hearing that that kind of stuff. Um, and I want to come back to you know some of the things that you've done, obviously in light of of the current circumstances that we all find ourselves in. Yes. Um, but also, you know, talking about some of the you know you know some of the you know how you grew your you grew your business. You, mm-hmm. you said that you started out um, you know, renting space. Yes. Um, obviously, you know, eventually, whether it was a studio or a predecessor predecessor one, you've wound up in a in a studio of your own mm-hmm. um you know how'd you go about do, doing that I, you know I, I i happen to know because I, I i know people who sort of follow you and 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 adore you and 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 love the you know the work that you do and the services you provide um you know how did you you know how did you take that inclination to really want to build a a, a community centric community focused um um gym and 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 how'd you really reach out to the community and and, and accomplish that I mean, it's a great question because kind of circling back to the service-based business, when I started, you know, there were a couple of people who were interested in what I was hoping to do. And then there were more people interested and more. And so the need arose to have a bigger space. We didn't fit in our current space. So it was as I was tending to the needs of the community that was growing, the opportunities to grow presented themselves very obviously. Okay, we don't have enough space anymore for the people that want to take our classes. We need to find a bigger space. Okay, now we don't have parking, you know? And so every time we tried to meet the needs of our community, the realities of our needs presented themselves. And that's really how we took the steps to grow. Um, We had a certain amount of classes. We couldn't fit you know, all of our members into the classes that we offered. So we added more classes. And then I couldn't teach all of those classes, so I needed to add an instructor. Um, So I know some people build the business with kind of all of this mapped out for 10, 15 years. I didn't do it that way. This was um, a passion project. I didn't really know where it was gonna go. I knew that if I followed uh, my heart and I had a mission-based, service-based business always, you know, leading me, that it would take me in the right direction because serving people is never going to lead you astray, right? And so that's really how we did it. It was continually meeting the needs of our community as it grew. That's how we took the steps to get more um, staff, to get a better studio, to have more parking, um, to have more offerings, different types of classes that we that we didn't run before. Um, so we just continually tried to meet the needs of the community as best as we could as we grew. Right, right. Now, so uh, as far as, you know, I'm, I'm going to brag a little bit for you, but correct me if I'm, I'm wrong. Um, um, you know, I, you know, I understand um, that you have, you know, uh, trained um, Olympic athletes, yes. right? Yes. Um, um, you've, I think you've worked with um, um, folks in the entertainment industry, whether they're, you know, dan- you know dancers or otherwise. Yes. Um, so, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, people, people wonder, you know, oh, we're just, you know, in this little corner of Seacoast, New Hampshire. Um, how do, you know, how do people like that find you? I mean, how do you, how do you build your profile that way? Yes. Well, um, one of my clients, um, Scotty Lego, um, his dad was my client mm-hmm. and Scotty Lego is a professional um, Olympic um, half pipe snowboarder. Mm-hmm. And um, her, his dad said he's looking for a trainer. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I have never trained an Olympic snowboarder before, but I'd be happy to talk to him so I can maybe direct him to where he needs to go. And that was really my original plan with him specifically. And when we met, he said, you're the person. And I said, I'm not prepared to be the person. He said, well, get prepared. And so I, I literally, um, of all the clients I've ever worked with, um, 
I had to prepare very, very quickly with a postgraduate level of you know, preparation for this kind of work and worked really closely with um, the Olympic Coach of the Year of the United States, uh, the whole Olympic coaching staff of the U.S. Olympic snowboarding team, and uh, the amount of preparation that I had to um, go through to be ready for that particular job was um, monumental, but there was no way that I was going to do that without being properly prepared. And so it was a lot of educating myself. There were not a lot of people training Olympic snowboard athletes for half pipe at the time, you know. Um, and so there wasn't a book. There wasn't a protocol. Uh, we had to kind of make it as we went. And so how does that happen in Seacoast of New Hampshire? Well, you know, it, there was a community connection. Mm -hmm. That's how, And that community connection from Seabrook um, helped me travel all around the world with the U.S. Olympic snowboard team. Um, Victoria Arlen is another one of our Olympians and um, athletes, and she's also from Exeter. And so my opportunities kind of on a wider scale have all come from this community here in the seacoast of New Hampshire. And I'm just so grateful that they gave me an opportunity to um, do this kind of work that I really never expected that I would be doing. And it's been so fulfilling and satisfying and, and helped me to see, you know, uh, the world through travel and, and in a way that I never expected. And I think that it's just, it, it circles right back around to your point about, you know, this started because you wanted to, uh, you know, build a community. And, yes. and it's it's amazing where just that sort of, you know, that community-based networking, um, it can, can expand and, and grow um, and take you, like you said, all over the world. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, so, I mean, that's wonderful. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a great story. And I'm sure it's very inspiring for, for a lot of people, especially, you know, small businesses, whether they're in, you know, Small town, New Hampshire, or, or anywhere else for that for that matter. Absolutely. Yeah. So you know, for the for the most part, your services traditionally, because of the nature of, of you know fitness training and the classes, mm -hmm. group classes, um, they've been primarily you know brick and mortar based, right? I mean, yes. like again, we're sitting in your studio. Um, that's I think how a lot of us traditionally have thought of you know fitness classes. There's that idea of um, people wanting being motivated by coming together as a community, being in a fixed place, having the energy of people around them. Um, lo and behold, March this year, um, the world changed rather dramatically. Um, and you know, you talked to you just you know what you talked about with your um, how you had to to pivot and and really educate yourself and get smart with respect to Olympic training. Mm -hmm. um, this is another area where you. Um, well, you know, all of us in the business community had to adapt rather quickly. Um, and, you know, one of the other reasons um, I wanted to chat with you is because you've done such a terrific job, I think, of um, making the pivot online. Could you talk a little bit about sort of, you know, come March, what you were thinking, how you responded, you know, COVID struck and, and, yes. and you know, how did you adapt? What did you do? Well, you know, I think pretty much like everyone, um, a little bit shocked initially uh, that, things were gonna close down. Um, you know, my, my first priority, obviously, we're, we're in the wellness sphere, we're a wellness space. So if there's any concern of people, you know, getting sick, injured, or, or being unwell, then it makes absolutely no sense to operate this space. And without a lot of information, we were all kind of, you know, hearing this for the first time, things were closing, I immediately, you know, made the decision to also close. I, I didn't feel like I had enough information to stay open. And so I wanted to take the safer route. However, a lot of people um, 
rely on us for holistic wellness. Um, not only fitness, but also when people come to the studio, um, there's a lot of education around nutrition and sleep and all the pillars of wellness that we talk about, social connectedness and mental health and um, spirituality. And so this is a, a space that for a lot of people is very life-giving. And so I knew that um, if we closed down, there were going to be people out there who really felt the absence of this community. And so in about a week's time, we prepared an online studio. Um, I'm not going to lie. I feel like I lost four years of life in that one week um, because it was a lot of trying to do something that we had never done before in a very, very short amount of time. And and doing it correctly, as, as you heard before, um, I, I like to do things right. I'm one of these people that I just, you know, want to feel like we did this the right way. I don't like to cut corners. I want things done well. I think that our members deserve that level of quality. They expect that from us after all these years. And so I didn't want to to offer something that I felt was mediocre. Um, everything that we do, we try to do it exceptionally. And so the online studio was gonna be the same. And it was a lot of uh, preparing ourselves to work in a space that we have never that we had never used before, the digital space. Um, and there were a lot of things that we had to consider. For example, we have a brick and mortar music license, but that doesn't transfer to a digital space, to a website, to mobile uh, devices. And so I immediately reached out to you know ASCAP and BMI, which are the two companies that we use for music licensing. And you know um, there was a little bit of a scramble on their end as well. They had never dealt with this kind of immediate need of so many people needing to have digital licensing. So we did that. We we spoke to our lawyers. We, you know, drafted new waivers specific for COVID um, insurance companies, everything, just making sure that we were properly prepared for what was coming. And um, we hired coding experts. We hired a videographer. We got our staff um, to let us know how comfortable they felt coming into the studio to film with a videographer, or maybe they preferred to film in their homes, in a home studio. So we, we took all the steps to make our staff feel comfortable. We took all the steps to do it correctly, legally, and then we took all the steps to make sure we were taking care of our community, even if it was through this online platform. And so it was a little bit of a mad dash. Um, I'm really proud of what we did. I call um, the online studio my fourth baby. Um, <laughs> and, um, and so it was um, an unexpected uh, delivery, shall we say, but yep. uh, she certainly is cute. We're, we're really happy she's around. <laughs> that's um, that's great, and and she seems to be thriving and she and, is. And, and, and and doing well. And and um, you know, let, let me ask you: do you do you find that maybe there's a um, there's a silver lining to this? In that, are you able to now you know expand that community even more um, now that you are online? Is it possible that you know have you thought about reaching beyond? you know, just your, your robust community that you have here in New Hampshire and, and getting even, you know, getting AG Fitness out there even yes. further? Yes, and, um, you know, one of the first um, things that we realized was a true positive was that we've had community members who are part of our community for many years move away. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we have people all across the country that still keep in touch and say, I've never found anything like AG, you know, and we're always encouraging you keep looking, you'll find it, you know, um, there's so many great gyms and fitness studios and whatnot. But um, developing a community and a family like that, it kind of has lifelong effects. And we have people who kind of always yearned for this community and this has allowed them 
to re-engage with us in a way that they never thought possible. So we have people all across the country right now participating with our online studio. And um, it's possible that we will keep some version of it once things you know, return to normal and we can focus on brick and mortar. I do feel like brick and mortar is very close to my heart because there is something magical about being in the presence of other people, um, giving their best effort. Um, in an encouraging environment. There's just something that you can't replicate about that on the digital space. However, um, the fact remains that we've been able to connect with people that we had lost connections with and, and we're able to serve people that would not have access to our studio here in the seacoast of New Hampshire if it weren't through our online studio. So so my goal is definitely to keep it up at some capacity um, and see where it takes us. Yeah, yeah, that, that is. Uh, I mean, that that that's great. It's a it, it's a great story. Um, I you know I it, it, it I'm just very impressed by all the all the great things you've done as far as you know pivoting online, being aware of the you know the legal details but not getting bogged down by them and and still you know sort of you know following your passion and being able to you know to serve your members and and the community the way you have. Yes, thank you. I think that. Um, when you know you have people counting on you, mm-hmm. you make things happen. Yeah. And um, I've been asked many times before to create some sort of a digital platform um, where people can, and I just never felt the drive to do it. Mm-hmm. I was so invested in our brick and mortar community here and um, it, it just requires a lot of work and a mm-hmm. lot of effort to do that. And so, you know, that is the silver lining, right? That when, when your members, your people, your family, your friends, somebody needs you, um, you spring into action. And there's like an extra motivation factor to, to keep serving people. And so when you don't have the option to do what you usually do yep. to help serve the community, then you find a different way. Right, right. Well, that is, um, that's, that, that's a, you know, again, wonderful, uh, wonderful chatting with you. Um, this has been so great. I could go on and on, but I'm not going to keep you all day because I'm sure you have many other things <laughs> to, to do and, and clients uh, to work with. Um, but thanks again, Angela, for joining us. Really Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you, Paul. Loved talking with you. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks. Thanks.